Hi, this is Kale Ward. This is Jessica Button. And this is Gone Global. <laughs> no, it's an exclamation point at the end. You gotta not question. Well, me. my question was to you. Why aren't you joining in? Is this Gone Global? <laughs> is that what we're doing right now? Ooh, high voice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby. Hello. Hey. It's been like three weeks. Yeah, I know. I've missed this. Why are you in my house? <laughs> Why are you in my house? Oh. Um. So, yeah, like we said, it's been three weeks since we've recorded. We've had a busy couple of weeks. Uh, you and the audience won't know because we uh, stored like a month's worth of episodes before releasing them. For better or worse. Yeah. Um, but we, um, in that time, Jess was, uh, tremendously sick. We, uh, tried to record during that time, but boy, it did not work. Yeah. So I went deaf in one ear for a while. It was just kind of like a, a water in my ear problem. Um, so I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and we tried to record and I couldn't hear. And, and it was like hurting you. Yeah. Like, noise was hurting me, so it was yeah. not great. And then we went to Cologne. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to replace our What You Learned section with a bit of a, of a travel section. That's a good thing, because in three weeks, I ain't learned a damn thing. <laughs> I ain't learned a damn thing. Oh, dear. So, yeah, well, we went to Cologne. Cologne, Germany. Yes. What can you tell us about it? Um... So one fact, one fact that I learned was that because it was like, I guess it was like the center of, it is in like the center of Germany, right? So it was, uh, anyway, it was very heavily bombed mm -hmm. in World War II, right? So um, a lot of it is very modern. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of like... Uh, pre-World War II places to, like, go visit. Mm. There's the there's the cathedral, yeah. which, which is kind of one of its most famous buildings, and there's a lot of churches and things, mm -hmm. and a lot of things that do... There are a lot of things that still survive, but it's mostly kind of modern architecture, because in the sort of 60s, 70s, the German government had a big push to redevelop all areas that had been bombed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a funny mix of architecture. It's a really cool city. I yeah. really liked it. That's wild. I, I never imagined I would see a Tex-Mex restaurant in, um, <laughs> in Germany. Food, the, the, the main thing. Oh, man. There were a lot of sausages, too. Well, yeah. I had a curry, a curry versed yeah. for the first time. It was, uh, very, it was sweet. Oh. Weirdly okay. sweet. Yeah. I don't know if that was, like, the curry ketchup. Yeah. Or like something they put on the the verst. Interesting. But it was very good. Yeah, and so apparently now my German teacher in New Zealand taught me this fact. But apparently there's a fight between Cologne and um, Hamburg. I want to say hmm. over who who the first currywurst was. Who watches the home of the currywurst? Who made the verst verst? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and even though we had some train delays, on the way work. back, on the way there too, it was but, uh, that's true. But that one wasn't as bad. No, 
But yeah, it was a really fun trip. So somehow all our trips end up on the way back taking an extra 14 hours. Yep. No matter how well you plan. Yep. Um, one other thing that we actually missed in Cologne, and I'm very upset we did. Um, apparently there was, um, and I, I don't know the, the greater backstory of this, but there's a um, uh, like a, a stone statue carving of uh, uh, a man doing a uh, um, an act that shall not be uh, addressed on this podcast no. because we want the clean lyrics label on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, it dates from like the 17th century or something, right? Yeah. And it um, uh, it was a message from some, like the mayor or something to the town's like archbishop. <laughs> uh, highly recommend uh, looking that up. We didn't see it. So yeah. we, we, we should go back. We also missed the chocolate museum. Which oh. I live for things like that. We didn't have much time there though. We, we were at a academic conference. So we spent most of the time in the university at this conference. Mm. But it was still, we, I had a really nice time. And in the Tex-Mex restaurant. And in the Tex-Mex restaurant. I ate a burrito the size restaurant. of my arm. Yeah, it's good. It was so good. Um, all right, so last week, last time we recorded, last month. <laughs> yeah, at this point, okay. yeah. Uh, the wheel saw fit. To bless, to give you power. To bless and or curse me, and <laughs> within these past three weeks, I'm leaning more toward curse. Um, Maybe I'm just better than you. I I listen. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. I love you. It's my topic. Mm-hmm. The wheel chose me to decide the topic, and my topic was beloved franchises. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Is it what I'm wearing a t-shirt of? Yeah, sure <laughs> is. Did you plan this? Yeah. That way. Very nice. So I'm going to talk about Pokemon. Yay! Now, when we started when we started this the first time, I was uh, very bullish about what I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. regarding Pokemon. Okay. This time... I have been humbled by my own ineptitude in That's this not subject. True. In this subject. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive a little deeper into Pokemon as uh, in, in the game. Okay. And it's going to be. It's going to be a rough ride. Okay. Because what I want to talk about, I I don't fully understand, and it's very complicated. Okay. I'll um, buckle in then. So, if you are not interested, and if I've already lost you because I've said Pokemon several times at this point, yeah. fast forward 10 minutes and Jess will be talking <laughs> and uh, we'll just pretend all this never happened. No, I'm sure it'll be great. It won't. Um, so... One of the core facets of Pokemon is battling. Okay. You you get your Pokemon partner, and the object of the game is to travel the country, mm-hmm. I guess, and collect gym badges by battling gym leaders. Okay. And proving yourself to be the trainer of trainers, basically. Mm-hmm. So Pokemon are like animals that you collect, and then you... 
fight other people with right. them. Right. Right. There are comparisons to be made with like cockfighting and like animal Aww. abuse and like <laughs> that's not for this podcast. Okay. Um what I want to talk about is is the system of how that works. Okay. So every Pokemon has a type. Mm-hmm. So like Pikachu is an electric type. Yeah. You've got Bulbasaur, who's like a grass type. Mm-hmm. There's Squirtle, who's a, a, a water type. Yep. And Charmander, who's a fire type, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got the four like most popular and first Pokemon yeah. that probably everyone will know. Okay. Uh, the, the three starter Pokemon, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander, those types have a sort of a rock, paper, scissors dynamic. So grass is weak to fire. Mm-hmm. But strong against water. Okay. And then like fire is weak to water, but strong against grass. Okay. And so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the various types have various weaknesses and strengths, and mm-hmm. and you know as the games have evolved, they uh, Pokemon have like second types that you can add, and you know there are varying degrees at how the the types work. But as the so as the games have progressed, the the Pokemon can learn moves of a different type. Oh, okay. That that's not their own type, right? Okay. So, uh, like a Butterfree, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is a, a very early Pokemon. It's just a a a, a butterfly Pokemon. Okay. Uh, it's a Bug type, mm-hmm. but it's also a Psychic type. Okay. So it can also learn. Like psychic moves, mm-hmm. so like uh, 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 psychic mm-hmm. is a move, mm-hmm. um, or or confusion. Okay, psychic type moves. Now each Pokemon also has stats, and these stats are called Eevee and Ivy. Eevee is a Pokemon, though, right? Well, yes, they stand for something. They're the oh, e- initials. Yeah, letter. Right, right, right. Okay. So Eevee is effort values. Okay. Is roughly what it stands for. This is uh, this is from Eurogamer.net. Um, EVs are points which are accumulated in a given stat through EV training, uh, which is usually done by defeating other Pokemon in a battle. Okay. So when a Pokemon gets stronger through battle, its EVs, so like its speed, mm-hmm. its attack, its defense, raises. It gets stronger. Because it's learning from each battle. Right. Okay. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Um, IVs are individual values. Okay. These are basically what makes the Pokemon, that particular Pokemon special. Okay. Like what makes one Pikachu different from another Pikachu. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this again from Eurogamer, the, they're the hidden numbers which dictate why one Pokemon has a better or worse stats than another of the same species. So why an Alakazam, for example, could be faster than another. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are also linked to their base stats. So, for example, like Alakazam, like I just said, mm-hmm. they all start with 120 speed. Okay. Just as like a base. Right. You know, so the Pokemon researchers or whatever in all of their research have never found an Alakazam with anything lower than a, mm-hmm. 120 speed. Mm-hmm. And each each type of Pokemon has a, a different base stat. Okay. But what makes the Pokemon special is the individual value, the, the IV. Mm-hmm. 
I bring all this to the table this week because I have started uh, playing what is called the uh, the video game championships, and there there's a, a game called Pokemon Showdown, mm-hmm. and it's oh, it's called Pokemon Show, Showdown Beta, but I think that means they're making it better. It's it the goes beta yeah, 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 yeah. It's been around for a long time. Basically, it's an online community where Pokemon trainers can get together and and battle each other without the hassle of having to play through the game, mm-hmm. the Pokemon like core games yeah. on, on the Game Boy or uh, Switch or, mm-hmm. or whatever, what have you. And they can they can test strategies and they have you know their own set of championships and. Okay. What's unique about this is you can also, they also have a system where you can do like a a random battle and just pick, you know, the computer picks whatever Pokemon and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of whatever you get. Mm -hmm. The stats are whatever, you know, but what, what is unique is that it also has a system where you can pick a Pokemon from the various generations. Okay. And you can assemble your team to the base stat. And that's including certain items. So, like, you can have an Eevee with, like, a 98 speed or whatever mm-hmm. who's also wearing the lucky scarf. Okay. And you can build your team. So there's quite a lot of science in this and actually analyzing the numbers yeah. to choose your own Pokemon and yeah. build and, it. And and what what makes this unique, what makes the championships unique is the the ability to just sort of choose and know mm-hmm. what you're looking for mm-hmm. as opposed to going through the game and having to make it. So okay. uh, so um there is a concept in like the Pokemon gaming sp- sphere called breeding. Mm-hmm. Where Pokemon hatch in, in eggs, and you can go around and uh, walk with the eggs and try and try and try and try and try again to get exactly what you want. Okay. And uh, you know there are some um, uh, morality issues there, but yeah. it's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's very, very fun. Okay. Cool. Um, I I'm a big fan of of Pokemon Showdown at this point, and I've only just. Mm-hmm. started scratching the surface yeah. of it because I'm an adult and I have to do things. <laughs> um, Unfortunately. But it's like, it's it's very similar to like chess. Okay. In that the Pokemon games, when you're playing it by yourself, you're playing against the computer. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to take what you know about like the Pokemon your opponent is using. Yeah. And use like the type advantage. Okay. And it's just, it's very easy because they also generally don't use items right whereas on pokemon showdown when you're playing you're playing against a real person Mm -hmm. and they're you know often playing with a real team that they've handpicked and and they know like the back of their hand yeah and it it makes it a lot more calculated yeah i think that's a that's an interesting kind of well, actually, going back to this conference we went to of fandom things mm. and how they kind of take a product and may add an extra layer to it. Like, this right. is all, like, using the programming and how the science works and the stats work 
to make a separate platform, yeah. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of my thing this week is Pokemon okay. Showdown and I, Pokemon Battling. Can I ask you a question? I doubt it. What was your first Pokemon game? Oh, I I came in on the ground floor. Okay. I, rem- I remember the Christmas that my brother and I got Pokemon Red or Blue. Okay. I don't remember which one I stuck with. <laughs> yeah. I believe it was red. Yeah. But, you like red as a color better. Yeah, now, but so sin- probably. since then, I feel like I've only been able to kind of get my hands on blue. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. My, I believe my first starter was Bulbasaur. Nice. I can't, sw- I can't swear by that. Yeah. But Bulbasaur and. Be- and you know, in the 20 years that I've been playing Pokemon, Bulbasaur has been like my consistently favorite starters every yeah. time I've gone back. Because he's cute. He's also, and this has been scientifically proven based on the stats, he also is the best starter in the game because he, he evolves into Venusaur who, who, who has the ability to uh, grow more and and help you um uh, uh defeat the elite four mm-hmm. um you know along with your your team i feel like the popular one is pikachu that's kind of who the popular one is charizard oh okay and this 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 video was put together by um i believe it was uh it's nerdist science show i believe it was called because science okay a uh, long-haired guy gets who is like he does have like a science degree gets together and puts a video together of all the weird science stuff in pop culture. Okay. Like could Wolverine's claws cut through a lightsaber? Oh yeah. I've seen these kind of, kind of things. Maybe not him, but yeah. Uh, But yeah, he, he did that video based on the base stats of the three main starters and Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur and thereby Venusaur who he evolves Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. was the best one statistically okay cool i know i know my champions Uh (laughs) (laughs) all right okay so i'm kind of gonna go in a different direction here Mm. we have talked on the show possibly the last episode i don't remember now because it was so long ago but about reading and my love of books i think that was the last episode Yeah. yeah um so I would like to talk about a series of books oh that becomes a tv show oh so is it Beloved? It is Beloved. So it is a franchise. It is a franchise. All right. I'll, yes. I'll allow it on, so, on this my week. I'm going to I'm gonna put under an umbrella the Jacqueline Wilson franchise. So Jacqueline Wilson is a British author who's written over 100 books and is firmly in the hearts of quite a few generations of teenage girls. So her books are marketed primarily to girls ages 8 to 13. Okay. Which is when I kind of read them. And Jacqueline Wilson books are all about kind of real life problems. And she she has a policy of not making everything a happy ending because she says, I kind of give kids more credit for that, especially kids mm. that are kind of going through these issues. I'm not there to tell them that everything's going to be all right and, you know, their parents will get back together or whatever. Oh, sure. It's, it's kind of like really gritty real life issues. So... 
Some of my favorite titles. Gritty real life issues from the point of view of like a, a child. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a, a you know, a, it's they're not children's book about uh, meth heads and gang- gangsters murdering each other. Well, <laughs> some of those elements play into it, but it's, yeah, exactly like you said, it's seen from the eyes of a child seeing that. Okay. So, okay. um, now Jacqueline Wilson is amazing. Um, like I say, she's written over a hundred books. She started in 1969, right? Um, but some of my favorites, which are kind of from the nineties when I was the age group that it was intended for. <laughs> right. Were so and I'm gonna I'm gonna just run off a list of titles here with the the themes as well. Um so the first of all we have The Suitcase Kid, nineteen ninety-two, and that's about divorce and a girl who is torn between her two parents and she kind of lives with her mum one week and her dad the next week and she's mm-hmm. called the suitcase kid. Um The Mum Minder, nineteen ninety-four is about children carers who look after a sick parent um, oh. as their primary caregiver. Yeah. Um, oh. So there's a lot of kind of societal commentary in this and a lot of, like, class commentary in all of this. So next one is Bed and Breakfast Star, which is about um, a family who get kicked out of the house and have to live in a hotel-type thing, but it's more like just temporary accommodation where you share a kitchen or whatever. Okay, okay. Um, that the government gives you supposedly temporarily while you find a new house. Yeah. Um, Double Act 1995 was about a set of twins who kind of go their separate ways because one's a bit more talented and outgoing than the other and hmm. the then it turns out that the shy one gets this opportunity to go and be an actor or something. Um, so kind of about relationships there. Um, the Illustrated Mum, 1999, was about a mother with bipolar disorder and had lots of tattoos. And um, basically both her children get put into care because she has a, a big mental breakdown and stuff. So it's really like tough issues. One of the ones that hit me really hard was called The Cat Mummy which came out in 2001 and basically this girl's this girl's mum died when she was born um but left behind this old ginger cat that nobody really liked but then when the cat dies so the girl is like 10 and when the cat dies she learns about egyptian mummies in school and then mummifies the cat whoa or like tries (laughs) to and have her father and i grandmother are like uh what the hell so it's it's kind of about the complicated ways in which grief manifests because hmm. to her it, this cat that she didn't ever like anyway is like the only piece of her mom that's left okay. because okay. Her, her dad and her grand her grandmother didn't ever really talk about her mom very much because it was too painful so this cat was all she had right and then she was like i need to find some way to preserve it so, and that, that one hit me really hard because of the ginger cat in it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there was, so these are all kind of like one-shot stories, but she also did um, different series of books. So, there was the girls series, which is kind of about relationships and having boyfriends for the first time and stuff. Mm. Uh, so, all, all the books were called girls 
dot 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 so there was girls in love which was 1997 girls under pressure 1998 girls out late 99 Hmm. and then girls in tears 2002 you know takes a bit of a time that they're all in tears but that's being a teenager so yeah i i really enjoyed all of these books i i feel like she was the first author to really address these issues in a way of understanding children that are going through these things and need to be represented for these things and and I, I do really respect her thing of being like, sometimes everything isn't okay, but yeah. we learn to live with that. That's what life is. Um, so all of all of the books from... Now, I don't know if it was all of her books, but probably from like the, the late 80s onwards, all of it has been illustrated by an artist named Nick Sharat. Nick Sharat. Yes. S-H-A-R-R-A-T. Oh. Sharat. Sherrett. <laughs> Nick Sherrett. But anyway, and, and part of what makes the books really famous is this, um, is his illustrations. There was also a Jacqueline Wilson magazine. There's a website that's called Jacqueline Wilson Land and all his illustrations are on there. And it's a really cool, like, belonging club. You can belong to the Jacqueline Wilson fan club or whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's forums where you can talk about if any of these issues have affected you or anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So That's... I so even still today, she's still doing a lot of really cool stuff. Uh-huh. Um, she does a lot of like book readings, and she's even launched a competition for young writers to to be published and things, which is oh, really, really good. cool. Yeah. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about is her what she's probably most famous for which is the story of Tracy Beaker, which came out in 1991. Now, Mm. before we go any further, I want to show you just a little clip of the TV show. Okay. Okay, so what do you think? She was not very nice. No. Tracy Beaker. She calls a guy pants. (laughs) She says... Such a 90s British She says, you're pants. (laughs) She also uses in that series quite a lot, bog off. That seems rude. It does, but it's like a kid way of swearing. Yeah. I swear it was in the Queen's nose too that they probably said that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you think the story is in in this TV show? Um, she is a street tough who does not like regular, ordinary parents. So, almost... But there's a reason for all of this. So the story of Tracy Beaker is about Tracy who lives in a children's home. Uh-huh. Um, and she, what we see her there is her being brought back by foster parents. She, I believe they said she was gone for three months. Yep. So she, she has behavior problems and she kind of gets bounced from foster home to foster home and keeps ending up in the children's home. Uh-huh. So that's what the story is about. Um, the TV show first ran from 2002 to th- 2005 mm. and has had several sequels, including one which is still running today. So first there was the story of Tracy Beaker, which is what we just watched, series one to five. Then... Later on, we have Tracy Beaker Returns, and that's when Tracy is, I believe, 19, 
and she comes back as a worker to the children's home. Mm. So in the story, she she does get fostered by somebody. She kind of goes back and forth with her too, but eventually she does live with her permanently and then goes back to be a care worker, Mm. which is quite nice. Um, And then, so that ran 2010 to 2012, at which point the actress, who was the same actress who'd been this this character for the whole way through, she was kind of like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm ready to, to move on with my life. Because she was... That was most of her Well, if you think 2002 to 2012, yeah, 10 years. She was yeah. probably from age 10 till 20. Yeah. So probably what the age Tracy was, was probably the same age as the actress. Yeah. Danny yeah. Harmon, I think, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it was kind of a nice... Nice way to round that off that you see that she turns out pretty good and her mm. life sort of sorts that well. Um, and what what I liked about this TV show, it was my favorite growing up. I used to watch it every night. Was again the thing about it showing kids with different issues and showing kind of the problems of the car system, showing what it's like to live in a children's home. And I'm pretty sure that this was the first to do so and to show these kids as people, that they're not just numbers in a system. Yeah. So like there's episodes about um, what happens when they leave because at 16 years old, you essentially just get kicked out. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you've been in that car home your whole life, you just suddenly get kicked out and they send you to what's called a halfway house, which is sort of just like, government provided accommodation but it's essentially a flat on your own and it's quite difficult so they have quite a lot of that and people leaving people getting fostered people they also have children who have disabilities and they kind of address that and how they're treated and a lot of the times the reasons they were put into care in the first place okay okay so I think I think it was very groundbreaking mm. for its time, and I think it was really important that children who have these, you know, I want to say hurdles in life, I guess, sure. um, are shown and are shown respectfully and as people, mm. not just numbers. Um, so I mentioned the second sequel, and that is still ongoing today. It's called The Dumping Ground, which is what Tracy used to call her car home, um, because that's where people dump kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's been running from 2013. So it's still set in the same children's home, but with a whole different mm. set of cast. Mm. Um, Warwick Davis, who was an Ewok in Star Wars and has been on in Harry Potter and various things, who has dwarfism, his daughter is in the dumping ground. Oh, wow. And she has dwarfism too. So, again, it's just showing a diverse spectrum of people. Yeah. As I, as I recall, uh, when, you, when you showed me an episode of The Dumping Ground, uh, the first time we tried to talk about this, the, the focus of the, the particular episode you showed me was um, about a, a, a kid in a wheelchair who was being a jerk mm-hmm. and the sort of diverse – group of children yeah. uh including one who appeared to have and i, I say appeared to have yeah. uh because of the the physical yeah. uh, aspect of uh down syndrome yeah, yeah. A, a kid appeared to have 
Down syndrome. Yeah. Um, as well. Yeah. It's a, a, a diverse look at what it probably actually is. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it does it really well. And you you even have some really heartbreaking scenes where kids will say, doesn't anybody want me because of the way I am and mm. things like that and really difficult conversations that they have. But yeah, I I loved it. I, I thought it was really important. I think it was a well done TV show. Mm. Mm. And I think Jacqueline Wilson had a lot of input in that as well. She was kind of, I don't know what exactly her official title was, but she did have a lot of input. And you can kind of see Tracy's dreams when she imagines, you know, a better life and stuff. Those illustrations are also done by Nick Sherratt. So it's all, the universe is all nicely linked together. Yeah. Um, now, the most recent news about Tracy Beaker is that a new book has come out just last year entitled My Mum, Tracy Beaker. Oh. So, yeah. So it's about... Tracy has a daughter whose name is Jess. Way! What are you trying to say about my name? I didn't say anything. You rolled your eyes. Oh, I did How no such rude. thing. You cannot prove a thing. <laughs> I'm going to get a camera on you next time. But anyway, so this story is about Tracy being a mum. Uh-huh. And in opposition to the... Well, I guess it could continue that she became a care worker, but then still she didn't really make anything. Of herself, like she she does her best for her daughter and she works really hard and stuff, but she still kind of ended up on a council estate and mm. so it's it's another thread of that, you know, sometimes everything doesn't yeah. end up the way you want it to, but you're still having a good life. You're still Yeah. Um I haven't read it yet and I really want to because I think it'll be super interesting. So how long do you think uh it'll take them to bring back the actress who was Tracy I don't, th- I don't think they will. To be the mom. Another, let me look at my watch, uh, five years or so? I, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the actress did say she was pretty done. I mean, if you look at the book coming out in 1991 to the TV show in 2002, yeah. that was 11 yeah, years. For sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if they'll, they'll I mean, go that route. How's her career going? I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't want to be an actress anymore. She did it for most of her life. But anyway, that is the story of Tracy Beaker. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, uh, one, one thing you, you didn't point out because we didn't watch that episode, but uh, to sort of illustrate like the, the gravitas of, of this uh, series, I, I, I think it might have been Tracy Beaker Returns. The episode you showed me was about uh, uh, the care workers trying to give this little girl yeah. a, a bath, yeah. and she hated getting baths and like physically fought the care yeah. workers until Tracy came in and had like uh, wetless bath foam. Yeah, um, and you know they Tracy asked the kid why they didn't want. Uh, a bath or why they didn't like baths mm-hmm. and the kid says that um they uh, they're held down yeah. at home yeah. under under the water and yeah. they're um um they're very rough mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't i don't uh, recall exactly yeah. what it was but. and that was a really like tough episode because yeah. and it's this whole it's going back to 
it's horrible things and it's child abuse and it's yeah. but it's told from the vantage point of a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like she says that very very matter of factly. She's like, Oh, I don't like it because I can't breathe when they hold me under. That's yeah. Oof. And it's it's so tough. But as I was trying to research this, I got really hooked on watching this show yeah. because yeah. it is it's so gripping and as an adult now mm. I have a lot more like I understand just how awful that is. Yeah. And it's 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 really gripping to watch. Like like I say, I think they've done it really well. Yeah. And I yeah, I hope the dumping ground continues. People say it's not very good. I haven't watched it, so I, I, I don't know. I mean it's been a long time. Yeah. Um Huh, that's interesting. That's uh that's really good. Yeah. I think it's neat. Well, that's all she wrote then on this. Murder she wrote. This, uh, well, mm. Maybe someday. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, can't even think of the things you do that annoy me that would make me kill you. Probably a lot. Jeez, <laughs> oh, this took a turn. Yeah, that's marriage. <laughs> all right, are we going to spin the wheel? I think that we should. Okay, here we go. Oh, customs. Customs. Interesting. So the point of this one, as I understand it, was the sort of weird things in our cultures that we do. Yeah. Maybe, uh, so maybe like uh, the pageantry of the queen or like the, um, 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 uh, the, the jubilee. Yeah. Maybe. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll see if I can surprise you. Uh, more challenging is see if you can surprise me. I'll try to <laughs> figure something out. Um, All right. Okay. I think that's it this time. We've got uh, the dang old plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yep. Wait. Fine. Don't go first. <laughs> Rude. You can find Gone Global now on Spotify. iTunes called Apple Podcasts. I'm a podcast then. <laughs> uh, Stitcher. Maybe Stitcher Premium? I don't have it. I don't pay for it. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher. Uh, Google Play. Um, SoundCloud. Oh, you can't forget the home of SoundCloud. No. Um, and at this point, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yeah. So please uh, go to those places. Give us a, a rating and a review. Uh, that helps other people people find the show because the more reviews and the more good uh, good reviews uh, brings us higher and it gives us uh, more exposure um, so we would uh, really appreciate that yeah thank you um, if- and thank you also to everybody who's already text or messages to say that they enjoyed the show we're really happy about that it means a lot to us especially other international couples too that have Kind of said, oh yeah, we have the exact same thing. So we got we got a really great uh, set of messages from uh, a friend of yours, yep. who's a, Becca, who lives in Spain, and she is with someone who is Spanish. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking he was Dutch. No, his it. name's Carlos. Well, that, <laughs> what does that mean to me? <laughs> Um, so thanks Becca we really appreciate it that was a very great message Um, if you want to do like Becca um, don't send us a text message but 
you can tell us your your uh, weird uh, cultural things on Twitter at Gone Global Pod. You can also email the show on uh, Gone Global Pod at gmail dot com. Um, and please do uh, do send those uh, little things in if you uh, have uh, something good. We might uh, read it on the show. Yeah, that'd um, be fun. And also, oh, give us more, um, give us more wheel things. Yeah. Um, we're going through them just trying to, just trying to make it, but Mm -hmm. we would happily, um, try some other things from, uh, uh, viewpoints that we don't, uh, normally think about. Yeah. So, uh, please send us your suggestions. So please engage with us. We are happy to hear. No, I'm married. (laughs) Uh, please. What is your Twitter? And Instagram. Oh, you're talking to me? Yes. Oh, uh, my Twitter is at Jen91. J-A-I- J-I-A-N 91. And the same for my Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TotoInto. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find uh, all of my work in comics and otherwise on kaleward.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Um, I also do a podcast with my uh, very good friends, the Comics Pals, and um, it's uh, it, it, it's a comic book podcast, and it's fine. Um, nah, it's good. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's all she t- wrote again. She wrote it again. That's all she wrote, the sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Did you kill me again?